keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everyone to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host, Robert Karplis, and I am joined as always by Scott Chaplin. Scott, how are you? Oh, baby, I'm feeling good. And you already sound like a robot underwater, so we're doing great here. Oh, two, two seconds in. All right, hold on. We're going to fix this. Scott's going to fix this. While Scott's uh, fixing... His audio How does it sound now. It sounds much better, probably, right? Uh, and and now he's dropped entirely. Uh, what a uh, what a hell of a start here for uh, for this week's episode of Wrestle Roasts. Um, a little later on in the show, there's a possibility that Dan Saint Germain himself might be uh, chiming in. He is uh, he's on the road. He said he was going to potentially be driving. He wanted to call and he had some thoughts on. Edge, sorry, on Adam Copeland uh, and Wrestle Dream and, you know, whatever else it is that that Dan likes to to talk about. Um, but like I said, we're going to be talking uh, the help. So I pull the agenda up. I had it all set up and then it went away. We're talking about uh, the Wrestle Dream pay-per-view that took place this past weekend. We're going to talk about the upcoming AEW versus NXT situation we got going on next week. Dynamite or Dud, a little bit of a fast lane uh, preview, and then high spot, low spot, and we're going to call it a day. Scott, you're you're back. How are we? How are we sounding? Uh, I'm great. I feel fantastic. I love it, and you sound fucking crystal clear now. Welcome back from surviving Las Vegas. Boom. Yeah, man, I didn't sound crystal clear at all in Vegas. I lost my voice maybe two hours in, and I got it back last night. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. Did that affect your shows at all? No, because when you're on a microphone, you uh, there's like a level your voice registers in that isn't like conversational and your voice understands that it's some sort of uh, safety thing your voice does, you know, where they go. This must be an emergency if he's talking to a room full of people. This can't be his ego. It must be there's a fire. And so your vocal cords allow you to speak to people. So clearly your audio better than AEW's audio. Yo, and it's been two weeks of that. So before we get into anything else, and I I pointed this out before, they did that thing on Collision several weeks ago where they made it look like there were intentional production fuck-ups because clearly they were trying to build to something. And I said, you can't do that when you actually have production fuck-ups. That would be like if I started faking having audio problems after weeks of, you know, Scott or Dan having audio problems. Uh, And it's like AEW is a little snake bit by the technical stuff. Uh, and, and even more than that, when I was looking for it last night on TV, I always forget what channel it, I, I know they shove it down our throat, but I go TBS, TNT, USA. It's all the same to me. And big bang theory was, um, 
underneath it all night. It was saying it was Big Bang Theory. So a lot of DVRs didn't record it last night. I heard next week is going to be the same issue. So, you know, they're prepping us for low ratings. Um, but it was an actual issue, too, because I was frustrated. And then they sh- they had to show the – the. well, we'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to it. Yeah, no, we'll get to all the uh, – we- We'll have plenty of time to bury dynamite, but before we do that, we want to say a little bit of the positive about Russell Dream. But before we even get to that, a little bit of housekeeping up front. Uh, we will be back for the Patreon this weekend for those of you who are at the the five dollar tier, uh, the ten dollar tier. I had something to sports entertainment with uh, where I broke down Raw and SmackDown from this past week. We doing Raw again this coming Monday, uh, but uh, yeah, Wrestle Dream pay-per-view took place in seattle washington first big shout out to those folks who went and saw dan do his thing uh at the uh in his comedy shows he had mentioned uh in text to us that he spoke to several uh forbidden dorks who uh who came up to him one of whom who i think had my favorite response was oh yeah i was at collision dan goes well how was collision he goes i guess some people must have liked it so you know that's our collision review some people must have liked it, uh, which is also the review for most of Dan's comedy shows. <laughs> uh, but uh, Wrestle Dream, I think we had high expectations for the matches, low expectations for the build. Is that kind of fair to set the table? Yeah, I think I think the pay per view, I think, mean, kind of was as advertised. Uh, there were matches that kind of made sense in terms of storylines, but for the most part, it was like a fantasy booking. They layered it vaguely under this, you know, Antonio Inoki death anniversary. Uh, But it did work out. You know, they did have a ceremony for Inoki during zero hour. They cut to Christian immediately after, which was hilarious. Uh, Because those guys lost their grandfather. It was like his grandkids in the ring. And then you start the show. I think the show had a thing that, um, well, I guess most AEW pay-per-views have it, but especially the beginning ones had it where that first hour and a half is the, is the least popular matches on the card. And then you, you build until something that is, that is so great that you have like five bangers in a row. You do, but it's, it's tough from a programming perspective because you do need to let the fans up a little bit because they need that a chance to recharge. And AEW, a lot less than WWE, they don't rely on a lot of backstage segments. There's not a lot of interviews or, or vignettes to really let you kind of catch your breath. So you do get stretches on here where it's great match after great match after great match, but then they can kind of run together. You, you do sort of need... You know, I know Bruce always talks about in his podcast, the Vince McMahon theory, which is real. And he does preach this all the time. The let me up match, the let me up segment, the we're going to send out the the minis uh, or we're going to do a vignette where, you know, Jonathan Coachman gets pushed into a bowl of pudding uh, so that the crowd can catch their breath before you get another awesome match. But uh, the show started with a let me up match, uh, which was MJF versus versus the righteous uh, I got their names right, right? I've been calling them Retribution this whole time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, th- those two goofs who um, Max cuts a promo on the way down to the ring. He's like, I'm going to body slam that guy. I'm going to shove that guy's head up that guy's ass. And then you kind of got an extended comedy match, and that's fine. These, you don't need to maintain any equity 
in the righteous. There's not a lot of value in them beyond this one match. And it was a chance for Max to just play total babyface, and the crowd just they loved it. And it's fun seeing this fake goofy babyface Max. Yeah, and this is this is the second pay per view. Uh, well, in a week, or it feels like, but it's also the second pay per view that they had this type of match um, open the show. M- MJF tag titles. Last time it was a comedy match. It seems like they are a comedy tag team, uh, which obviously is perfect because no matter who they wrestle or who one of them wrestles, like in this instance, uh, you're having good fun. Nobody looks stupid necessarily. And you 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 let the crowd go crazy and not in a uh, let these guys kill each other kind of way, but in a really in a mark kind of way in a we are just such big fans of this baby face. And so it comes off like an MJF promo almost. Uh, I thought this match was just fun. It was just like this guy's dumb. This guy's dumb. Here's his head in his ass. Uh, yeah, it comes off more like a segment than a match, which is really fun to see. On a show that is, you know, every match, you know, they're trying to make it real. I agree. So. Well, speaking of guys with their head up their ass, Dan St. Germain is here. Hell yeah. Hey. Uh, my head's up my ass right now, but tonight I'll be at the Rogue Island Comedy Festival, guys. Check it out. <laughs> Ooh. And, and by tonight, he means Friday night. It looks like a great Doug Key's going to be at it. 6 and 8 p.m. shows. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, my episode of the uh, new episode of a couple out with Sam Real talking about Psycho. But I'm glad to talk about wrestling here. Uh, the old part-timer Dan St. Germain is back full-time for now. He's like he's like Ric Flair when he has like a, a new uh, CBD to promote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's except the difference is that Dan's allowed to drive a car. Uh, and Rick uh, definitely does not have a license. And, and Zach Amico hasn't made me cry yet. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll be looking forward to that day. All right, no, keep, I'm I'm driving along, man. I'll chime in, but keep going, guys. All right, yeah. So we're talking Wrestle Dream. We just talked the opening match, MJF beating the Righteous. Uh, next was uh, Shibata versus Eddie Kingston, which I thought was fine. It wasn't overly successful. Eddie's got a lot of charisma. This match was just sort of there for me, and I felt like it it went a little long and was a little self-indulgent. Scott? Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it a lot. It belongs on the card. The, the Shibata miracle that he is doing this, the fact that after the show, he, he pretty much says he would really like to just work. You know, New Japan does not want Shibata to wrestle um, because of his, his injuries. And Tony or the doctors here are saying he's good to go. And so Shibata is willing to make a complete commitment, which is cool and exciting. Uh, yeah, obviously he's not who he was in new Japan and he, he can't be, they sewed his head back on, but, um, <laughs> but it is something very cool to see, especially on, on this pay-per-view. It was like, all right, let's get into it. And, and this was, a you know, this felt like that obviously more than the first match, which just felt like a uh, a zero hour fun time to be had match, you know. Yeah, no, and I'm excited for next year's Wrestle Dream, which would be a Shibata Memorial Show. Because oh no, this dude! <laughs> like, just, uh, I'm oh, I'm sorry, they're not going to do a memorial show for him and sell T-shirts. <laughs> who, are we, who are we kidding? Um, 
Speaking of of uh, sad things, uh, Julia Hart took on Chris Statlander. Uh, and if you haven't seen the news, Julia Hart announced she's taking a, a temporary leave of absence from AEW. So if you love this match, uh, first of all, seek help. Second of all, you're not going to get to see Julia Hart for a little while. I think she's gotten better, but she's definitely not good. And there were a lot of blown spots in here with a crowd that was chanting like, this is awesome. I'm guessing sarcastically. Well, you know, it's Statlander, in my opinion, is just so damn good. And Julia Hart has improved a lot that there was moments that deserved um, big reaction. I think the fact that also this was so early on in the show, uh, you know, you you slowly realized, oh, wow, all we're getting moving forward is bangers. Someone forgot that there's a uh, Ricky Starks match later on in that show. Um, but, <laughs> well, uh, we got to talk about Ricky. Well, we'll, get, we'll uh, get there. Yeah. You just, just like Dan's driving on his way to Rhode Island right now. We'll get to our yeah, destination. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm in my uh, Mazda, not to brag. Uh, and uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how I sound. So if I sound, sound fine. like a fucking asshole, I apologize. All right, cool. Just no, let me, great. if I start, just drop off. No, you're good. Uh, so next up is the four-way tag match, the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, the Guns, and Orange Cassidy and Hook, Team Potato Chip. Uh, Scott, what did you think of this match? Well, while Scott re, uh, recalibrates himself there, um, Dan, did you catch this four-way tag match? Any strong I, thoughts? I did not catch this, this four-way. Um, yeah, you know, I, I did want to just comment on something Scott said, which is, you know, he's talking about, like, the Shibata injury, and it is re- really it's tough to like because it's like i'm not a doctor do you know what i mean like so i have no fucking idea and i'm not going to tell a guy to not like make a living for him and his family either you know what i mean so it's like it's a weird it's a weird situation you know but i mean tony khan does look i mean if something happens tony khan looks pretty bad i mean he's got the risks between danielson and edge and soraya who all came back from what they thought were like career ending catastrophic injuries. And now you've right. got, you know, Shibata out there when new Japan won't clear them. You're playing with fire with a lot of these guys. And it does, it gets me a little bit nervous. It's one thing if WWE doesn't clear you, it's another thing when new Japan doesn't clear you just because we know how many bumps those guys take on their neck, you know, and that's, and that's part of the training. So and I just don't, you know, like, look, man, I mean, I just don't trust, you know, them, you know, getting in the ring and something happening or, you know, getting in the ring with somebody green and something happening. So, I mean, I love Shibata, man, and I love Eddie Kingston. So I, I actually do want to see this match. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's like, you know, it's like it's almost like reading the COVID stuff where you're like. Like now, like a lot of the stuff, you're like, oh, I don't know what to believe. You know what I mean? Because I'm not. I feel like I need seven years of of med school, or like I need to be like a bone fucking doctor to understand like what's going on with that guy. <laughs> it also you know? goes back to like the thing that I've said before <laughs> that that you know you guys have gotten mad at me about, but it's true. Is sometimes you have to treat wrestlers like circus animals, and you can't trust a guy when he's like, no, man, I'm good. I'm I'm the healthiest I've been. Like wrestlers, like athletes in general, are gonna lie because they want to get out there. They want to compete. Yeah. They think once the adrenaline's going, so you can't trust someone who's like, I, I swear, I'm a hundred percent. And the, the, whether it's injuries or I'm totally clean and sober and I'm fine, like a like 
you know, we saw what happened with, with Riddle and what's going on with him right now. So it's, you, you can't really trust these guys. And when the new Japan folks are not clearing you something, something strange, but anyway, this four way tag match, um, I thought was a lot of fun. I enjoyed, I mean, the orange hook stuff is, is really entertaining. They did a nice way, a nice job of kind of protecting everyone. And like we kind of predicted last week, this was going to be the bucks just so we can get the bucks versus FTR somewhere down the road. Scott, now that you're recalibrated, what'd you think of this thing? Yeah, I loved it. I thought the ass boys were used really well. I thought it, um, fuck. And it was, was, but it was, Oh, no, Scott, Scott, you're you're Scott, you're getting garbled again, dude. Scott, you need to. Scott needs to get a better router, man. This is like getting insane. Yes. Well, hold on, hold on ready. Well, 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 Scott uh, fixes that. We'll we'll move on to the. Uh, he he talks he talks on a podcast like a woman communicating with the ghost of a lover on a horror movie. I've noticed. You've been it's watching like way too much. Way, way too many horror movie, uh, know, horror movies here, dude. That's true. Is there like a is there a Meltzer version of horror movies? Like, is there like a horror expert that you go to? Like, it got three flaming pumpkins. I mean, I'm sure there are. I, you know, I haven't really. You know, the reason I picked it is because it's a lot of those guys. You know, like that, that's why I was like, you know, doing a a horror movie podcast with your wife is nothing new, but it's like in this in this compute in this milieu if you will, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I'm basically John Hamm in this community, you know? So. Yes, I can, I can definitely see where that's, that's true. You, you are, uh, you want to keep going? Yeah, we're going to keep going. We got uh, hangman Adam page versus swerve, uh, Strickland. I thought this was a really fun I match. match. I think the crowd, it had that like ECW one night stand vibe because Shane's from Seattle. Like that's, that's where he made his bones as a wrestler yeah. when he wrestled in defy. Uh, they were all about him. Hangman playing the pathetic goof that he is uh, worked to his advantage here. And they went with the right finish of, of having swerve beat, uh, beat hangman. I thought it was a vicious match. It looked really good. A lot of inventive spots. Yeah, this is a good match. I mean, it, you know, and it made me wonder whether or not, you know, what their what the ultimate plan is going to be. I mean, I think the right guy went over because, you know, I don't think you want to, um, you know, I don't think you want to mess with MJF's babyface run right now, you know. Uh, so you need a strong heel for him. And, uh, you know, Swerve gets a lot, actually, from losing to MJF and because and, he gets brought up to that level. And I, and I think Swerve's a star, dude. So... Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this, 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 uh, this, this, I thought was a really smart booking decision. Yeah. I think this was great. I love the fact that they're doing next Tuesday on dynamite is going to be Swerve versus Danielson, which is a nice little continuing building the momentum a little bit for those guys. Um, right. Wheeler Yuta and Ricky Starks was, uh, a match that happened on the show. This would have been the, the let me up match. It was, fine i think the real star in this match was not ricky starks uh it was not wheeler yuda it was john moxley on commentary moxley on commentary is i heard he was a blast on he's commentary. weirdly delightful like him and, and nigel yeah. going after each other and moxley's just because he's a dude just watching wrestling where he's just screaming and cursing 
and yeah. is entertaining. And I I want more of that. And he didn't bleed once while on commentary. Well, to be fair, we don't know that, but they caught you, and there was a camera. You would have mm-hmm. you would have seen it. But his his swear yeah. jar, I mean, just profanity laced tirades, uh, much like Scott while he's trying to reconnect here. Um, but uh, Scott, are you back again? Yeah. How do I sound now? You sound like you're it's been a little underwater, but it's not breaking up. Yes, at least we can understand you. Uh, so again, we're still we're still doing better like than dynamite. You sound like Aqua Scott right now. <laughs> Hold on. Jeez. Um, How am I now? That's it's like good. A, it's like a fucking hearing test. Like, raise your right hand, guys, if you hear Scott. I mean, if there was a Razzies for worst audio, our podcast would really. Dan, would really be the forefront this year. Yeah, did, yeah, but did you watch Dynamite last night, Dan? Oh, that was pretty bad too. Yeah, that we have the infinitely. same audio guy as Dynamite. Yes, uh, we we have the same. We, we're not getting paid the same, but we have the same level of tech. Uh, and no, and the same. And also the same medical. I'm not, team. I'm not even getting paid anymore on this podcast, guys. Yeah, so Dan's doing this out of the goodness of his uh, of his heart, and not at all because he wants to promote that he's at the Rhode Island Comedy Festival. Comedy Festival tonight, Ragged Island Brewing Company in Portsmouth, uh, Iowa, or Potsmouth, whatever the fuck. There's like three places in Ireland. You guys can figure it. Out. Fire uh, Rhode Island. You guys can figure it out. There's three places in Ireland you can find Dan in Rhode Island. Uh, best promo guy <laughs> in the business. Uh, next up was uh, Zach Saber Jr. versus Brian Danielson. This match was i would say exceeded expectations because yes they did a lot of the technical grappling stuff you were expecting from a zack saber jr match but the story they told that brian could not submit him and he's trying to prove that he's the best grappler and he can't do it and then he kind of has to resort to still using a move within wrestling but ultimately had to knock him out and that nigel was telling that story while moxley's trying to defend danielson was really good storytelling and what we thought was just going to be a straight up wrestling match. I'm going to I'm going to take a risk here. Scott, what do you think of this? All right. I'm going to try to say this as clearly as possible. I loved this so much. I hope you guys saw the Danielson interview afterwards yeah. where he started he was crying. crying. Yeah. Because one, not just because the match was so great, but because he got to do a, a, a chunk of time in front of his home crowd, which he felt he never got to do, um, which is obviously a bummer. But wow, to do it now, to do it with Zack Sabre Jr., I was so in love with this match. And yeah, a match that immediately you go, let's let's run this back. And they, they set the table nicely on Dynamite with the video package that there's definitely room for a rematch. Uh, Dan, did you dig this match? Yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was a great match. I thought, you know, the promo afterwards was great. You know, it's, it's, I thought Zach was awesome in it. I, I thought their gear looked great and I, their gear kind of popped, you know? Um, like, and I think that like that neon green and pink later in the show kind of helps because uh, it, it wakes, it, it kind of weirdly wakens the audience up. Um, but especially <laughs> when you're doing a tactical match, I know this is very fashionista of me. My concern is, Again, you're kind of like this this match, the reason this was so great is because it was booked by the Smart Mark community for 10 years. Yeah. So it's like it's not Tony didn't do anything for this. You know, like he just I mean, and that's not a bad thing while you're building other stuff. And I actually like the MJF storyline they're doing right now, but 
it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was really good and it's a good match, but you're again, you're doing it with a guy who's not in your company and um, you're creating, you're almost like creating weirdly a new baby face for AEW. That's not in your company, kind of similar to the Osprey thing. So, I mean, that's my only concern about like these type of matches where I'm like, you know, it's even like breaking it down with our show. Like you gave me the, Dan, uh, Dan, you went on mute there. From you pushed mute, and Dan's still talking yeah. while he's on mute. Gotta love it. Uh, Dan may have hit a, uh, a you know a weird a weird cell. Uh, there's only three this phone lines in all around. Problem. This is not a wrestle roast issue. This is a TBS issue. Yes. Okay? Hey, I, do I, can you hear me now? Yeah, now we can hear you. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. I mean, I, I, I my, my, my concern. Again, is you know even looking at the breakdown of what we were talking about today in the show, like Wrestle Dream. I don't know if they have they released the buy rate for Wrestle Dream yet. They have not. Tony supposedly said they did like a hundred thousand buys, but I don't think they've released the actual numbers. Now you're breaking up. Am I am I in and out? Uh, like yes, like 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 the burger, you're in and out, which is fine. All right, all right, we'll keep going. You're you're good. Uh, next up was a six man tag: Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Chris Jericho versus Will Osprey, Sammy Guevara, and Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, the finish was Sammy pinning Jericho after Don Callis interference. There were a lot of good moments sprinkled in throughout this match, but I think in the preview going into it, I would have much rather seen some of these as singles broken off rather than a six man. And instead I feel like we got a, a decent uh, set of stuff, but not as great as it could have been if these would have been split into two or three singles matches. Yeah. I mean, it's the rule of diminishing returns, right? I mean, we kind of saw a version of this match last night. So it's like we keep kind of seeing versions of this of this match with all these, you know, these baby faces and heels kind of like in each other's orbit, but not like a like there's no real straight storyline, you know? I mean, there is, I guess, the the macro one with Callus and Omega, but yeah, I mean, I just thought it was, uh, you know, I think that that's the problem is you just put, you know, it's the problem New Japan has, man. You put a bunch of tags, versions of the same tag on the same on your, on your promotion, you know, weeks apart or that same week, and you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna lose audience interest. I think it's a little dimension, and also we'll add Kota Ibushi to the list of guys that are definitely not a close to 100 percent. And you're just worried no. while they're out there that they're going to get more and more hurt. No, I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's even like that's why I was almost surprised we were open with Wrestle Dream because I'm like, although this show technically on paper was good, or you guys were open with Wrestle Dream, whatever my status on the podcast is, my my uh, Jay Uso uh, to Raw status. But um, I, I I was kind of surprised because I'm like, I don't think anybody really, even though the, all the matches are really good, I don't think anybody watched this fucking show and. You know, WWE's hot right now, so it's almost like well that that's why know. I was and that's why I structured it like this because I want to talk about Wrestle Dream and then we're gonna pivot to the you know tribalism feuding of what's going on right now. But uh Right. Scott, that's more yeah. the, the more the, the story is just where all the free agents are going right now. Exactly. Because uh, it's 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 really it's September and October in wrestling. No one cares. And no, that's like, why Wrestle Dream was just sort of a thing that was thrown out there, and I think some of the matches over delivered what we thought they were going to be, which is fine. But in the grand scheme of things, 
you're there was only one story coming out of this, but maybe you know maybe Scott, you have a different thought on the six man tag. Oh yeah, I do. It sounds like you two fast forwarded it or didn't watch it at all because I think anybody who watched it is saying this is when the show um, really picked up. This this match was fantastic. Uh, I haven't heard even a, a side comment on it other than holy shit. Uh, yeah, I thought it was nonstop great. I thought everybody had big moments and uh, everybody looked like a star. I, I thought this match was, uh, especially for a trios match, I thought this was one of the better trios matches of the year, if not in AEW's history of trios, which is uh, a big compliment. Look, I'm not, I, I, I agree with you and the match quality is really good. It's just hard for me to get excited about what seems to be the same version of a similar match, you know? Like, oh, a couple you, yeah makes sense i mean the callous feud isn't um i explained on the patreon maybe last week but i mean there's five stories that are concrete in there it's not thrown together in the slightest um all of these guys have like lifelong relationships with them so it's just silly to even say that it it's um it's at all you know a head scratcher it all makes sense it's not a head scratcher on wednesday makes sense yeah, but I think the, the Dan's point, Scott, is like, yes, this match made sense in terms of the storyline, but the match didn't advance the story at all. And it was just, here's a really good six-man tag that even Don kind of admitted on Wednesday, who cares? Like, no one cares about the battles. You care about the war. This was just another battle. And I feel like maybe had Sammy not been injured, uh, we would have had somewhere to go with this because they were like, oh, Sammy's not cleared to wrestle. They won't clear him, but they'll clear Shibata. That's a different story. Uh, so maybe that's what occurred. But this just sort of felt like a, <laughs> uh, a six-man tree fell in the woods and uh, didn't make a sound. Next up, uh, FTR beat Aussie Open and uh, really a very solid tag team match. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, it's a shame that the uh, the one dude who's not Kyle Fletcher got hurt, the, the not butcher um the dude with the big mustache but uh yeah this was yeah, mark this davis was, right let's not pretend he has a name uh but yeah the, the <laughs> it was this was really this was good ftr had a nice showing it's clear that they wanted to work with these guys and give them a a great match and i think you got a great match out of them anybody else care to uh opine no i i, I completely agree with you i think in the beginning of this match the the crowd had to take a bit of a break because they were hyped all night for every match up until this point. But the, the, the match also told a story where the crowd could rest. And I think FR was aware of that. Um, the last few minutes were, were awesome. Um, yeah. Davis, what he broke his wrist. So, you know, they, they couldn't go as wild as, as they wanted to, but I, I did enjoy it. Dan, any thoughts on our uh, Aussie Open FTR yeah, I, I match? I didn't see it. I'm sure it was good. You know, yeah. these guys are all good. Uh, main event was Darby Allen versus Christian Cage, two out of three falls match, which definitely uh, telegraphed the finish of the show, which was fine. The audience definitely played along. Um, Darby wins the first fall by a, a, a quick pinfall, and then Christian murders Darby. Uh, with a, a count out onto the steel steps that just looked like there's there's really no way to take that safely. And Darby is all in on giving his body and life. Like that dude wants to die in the ring worse than Tommy Dreamer. So good on him for that. 
the the inventive third finish they pulled up the ring entirely so they were fighting on the boards uh we got the nick wayne turn that scott and i both hoped wasn't going to wind up happening and after the match uh while they are straight up murdering darby uh sting comes out for the save he gets attacked by luchasaurus they're setting up a concerto and then thank god they just happen to have a video package ready to go with edge sorry with Adam Copeland in uh, the movie Death Proof rolling in to make a save on the off chance that Christian and Luchasaurus uh, were going to try to murder Sting. And then he comes out, they got the music, they got the rated R superstar tagline, place went fucking nuts, suspension of disbelief, him and Christian stare off, everybody's all excited because a, a near 50-year-old guy is now one of your top baby faces. Scott, what do you think <laughs> of the main event? Uh, I, I genuinely genuinely enjoyed the main event. I thought the first pin was so fun and funny using uh, Christian's turtleneck. I thought the uh, th- that, that bump on the outside was, was holy shit. I don't know how they even agreed on it or planned on it. How do you just go, hey, how about I do this to you? And you go, oh, yeah, and I'll make sure I land like this. Like, it's just so weird. Well, because Darby knows that AEW doctors will clear him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought genuinely a fun match that we obviously all knew uh, what it was leading to because it was the main event. What it led to was a lot of fun. Look, I'm not a – I'm not – you know, an edge mark by, by any means. I, I don't think Ed moves needles. It's cool to have him in the company, especially uh, in a feud with Christian, who for some reason, before we even thought Edge coming here was a possibility, we all slowly realized over the last maybe six or seven months that he's one of the most enjoyable guys in the company. And when has that ever happened for Christian? So now you're having like top guy edge against top guy Christian, which I love to see. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to love an edge Omega match, this and that, but I'm more happy for edge getting to do feuds with guys that it wouldn't have felt cool to me at one point. And now it does. I hope he doesn't, take over the show because like Robert said, you know, a 50 year old guy isn't the one to take over the show, but give us some cool ass edge matches. Yeah. I'm all for that. I think we'll get some cool ass edge matches. Uh, Dan, what do you think of this cool, what do you think of this cool ass Christian match? Well, I, I, I've been saying this on the thread for weeks now, but Christian has become my favorite thing in wrestling. You know, like I, he really has. I mean, as far as like, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this kind of kind of sucks. And it was there was like a fop set to it. I mean, he, you know, in Jungle Boy, I, I didn't get the whole Jungle Boy pairing. But then, like, when he started turning on Jungle Boy and then the fact that, like, you know, the, the you know, we're just waiting for him to bring up Edge's dead mother and how great that's going to fucking be. You know, like, he's just so good at being a different type of heel than we're used to. You know, we're we're so used to either the like monster powerhouse hobby or like the you know like the older version of randy orton the like i'm the alpha but i'm also twisted you know sort of and his is just like angry guy at country club complaining that he didn't get the service he wanted you know um he's it's just there's this just furious 
um, I don't know, man. I just, I mean, like from the thing last night from his press conference, I think it's funny. I just think it's, uh, it kind of like, I guess I relate to it too. Cause like, you know, like now, like I'm coming back into stand up really hard and I'm around all these like, you know, 22 year olds. And like, so like that, like kind of like, I don't, you know, like that, like that, I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to cash a check. Uh, and like, just still shaking Tony's hand. Cause all he cares about, he's just, he's, he's, he's a delight, man. Um, I think they're going to have some problems because he, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, it. and, uh, when you see him try to be a baby face, there's something that's just a little bit corny about it. Um, but you know, Hey, look, old man edge, you can lean into that character. And it's like, you can't boo edge right now. Um, and I'm sure that I'm sure he's a lot fucking easier to work with than CM Punk, but we'll, we'll see, you know, who knows? Look, first of all, if you join a country club and you're paying those dues, you expect a certain level of service. Yeah, that's ex- that's and exactly I'm not going to fucking deal with, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, you don't know how to mix a proper drink. Go back and do it again. I'm not paying for this privilege uh, just to get so I can what I can get at a fucking Chili's. Dan, hypothetically, <laughs> I've never said that at the club that I do or do I mean, not potentially belong to. Conference where they're like, they're like, or, you know, Nick Wayne joins him, and you know, I don't know what I feel about a Nick Wayne turn. I don't know what I feel about Nick Wayne, but uh, and then Christian's like, uh, did you like, did you see his match? And he goes, No, I've never watched him wrestle. I don't need to. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's just like this hilarious bare minimum. You know, it's everything MJF isn't, which is why I think he's had like kind of a kind of success. It's been like a different type of heel to uh, to watch on that show. Christian, he's got good instincts. It it's working, uh, and thankfully in wrestling, there's a lot of dead dads. So he's gonna uh, yeah. he's gonna trade off that for a long, long time. Uh, but the the pivot here is Edge is in AEW, uh, Jade's in WWE. It's this return of just pure tribalism. Uh, it's coming out again with next week. Dynamite is going to be on Tuesday nights uh, due to, I believe, baseball scheduling. And WWE has loaded up NXT next week. They obviously just it's signed. Interesting. The- it's, interesting it's not interesting. It makes total sense. They just signed the big deal for the TV rights deal. And you've got a lot of people you can just throw at the show. It's we're not just going to roll over and let AEW's ratings uh, trump ours and they get to tout it. It's like we're going to put John Cena on the show. We're going to put uh, Cody Rhodes on the show. We're going to put Oscar on the show. We're going to put Paul Heyman on the show. They're giving you Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker as a main event. They're going to try to kind of put up a defense knowing they're going up against uh, AEW's A show. And people online, I mean, Meltzer. I know. No offense, Dan. I know that's your dude. I know that's the, that's your the love of your life. But Dave Meltzer subscription at this moment. Okay. At this moment, give it an hour. Um, Meltzer's dumb fuck comment was: all those people saying WWE doesn't consider AEW competition sure looks foolish tonight. Number one. It's not WWE considering AEW competition. WWE considers everyone competition. Having signed a contract. Oh, no, 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 no. Give I'm, us company I'm, line bullshit. No, I'm not giving company line. Someone making money from that company right now. Come on. Like, no, yeah, they, Dan, like, my, my, yeah, non-com- right. my non-compete language was not just 
you can't go at you can't go work for another wrestling company. It was you could not work for any other sports uh, entity or anything that aired opposite Monday Night Raw. So their view of competition is broader. Yeah, but dude, he said they're not like fucking it, but they're not like you know like having uh you know I don't know who would be a big you know ex baseball player, but they're not like having like Roger Clemens. Con- no, they're not having Roger. Clemens I don't really watch the- baseball, so my references aren't great. Yeah, well, your your references and your and your uh, your your audio continuity lined up because you just went Roger Clemens, then silent, and you're like, my references don't make sense. So it's more the fact of <laughs> WWE considers everybody competition and nobody competition at the same time. It's a weird anomaly of they're not going to sell the fact that they see AEW as competition, but they absolutely want to crush anybody. Whether it's AEW, Monday Night Football, whatever the fuck it is, if you're in the way of them what getting are you ratings, talking about crunching Monday Night Football. I mean, that's. I mean, they've 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 changed their pay per view model, so it's Saturday, so it doesn't compete with football anymore. Right, but There's they no used to. No, no, they anymore. used to try as hard as they could to go up against Monday Night Football. They when they would throw out major shows out to try to like let's see if we can peel yeah, numbers right, off. But, yeah, but, that's, but that's not competition. That's stopping the bleeding. Let's be honest. It, whatever you know, it is, they, they, but there's, defini- nothing, there's nothing like football as far as rating. Correct. But their definition of competition is if someone's up against us and they're trying to come after our key demo, we'll do everything we can to put up a fight. And that's what they're doing. And people are like up in arms. Like, how dare WWE do this? It's like, guys, come on. Uh, You're basically- and Dan cut out again. Love it. Yeah, it's um <clears throat> to me it it is it, it, WWE. You're saying w- <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> it's okay. Um I just realized me, now I have the ability to mute Dan, which made that so much easier uh while he was oh, cutting in and out on his rant. Um but uh Scott, I'll let you I'll let you finish your uh your your point there. Yeah, look, it's it's all, it only makes sense that they, they would do a thing like this. It is fun to point at and laugh about. It is dumb to get angry about. Um, one, it's good for both companies, right? You get to have John Cena uh, on NXT. That's fun. You have Cody Rhodes making an announcement. That's exciting. You have Asuka in a match. That'll be good. So... Th- what would you rather them do? Not not do these things? Exactly. For what? I mean, Are you saying it doesn't benefit? Like, it technically benefits NXT. It does. Do they do it every week? No. Um, is the reason they're doing it? Obvious. Does that mean they're trying to be AEW? No. But they're competing, as they should. Uh, I'm fine with it. We, you know, we know which show will have the better wrestling and I think we know which show will have the better ratings. And I, I think it's NXT, uh, strangely. I think, I think NXT, it might be. I mean, NXT have this week, better ratings, man. So NXT this past week had their best ratings in, I think, like three years with the Dominic Mysterio, Trick Williams rematch. So they're getting some degree of momentum and they're weaving in their their talent. And the No Mercy pay-per-view that, they, that NXT did was actually a very solid uh, premium live event. The, the but, Carmelo hey. Hayes Dragonoff match was really good. The Tiffany Stratton Becky Lynch match was really good. They're getting some even, sort of momentum. Yeah, and even more than that, it's just people are now used to NXT on Tuesday. They're used to Dynamite on Wednesday. Their DVR is going to uh, adapt to 
their brains might not adapt to. Also might just go, hey, I watch NXT on Tuesday, and then tomorrow I get to wake up and watch Dynamite, whatever it may be. Uh, and at the end of the day, dude, John Cena is one of the most popular names in pro wrestling. When you have Paul Heyman there, you give people an idea that maybe Roman Reigns could show up. Um, I am certain they will announce LA Knight will be there on Friday. They're going to say LA Knight showing up to NXT. So, like, we still got SmackDown for them to plug in two other guys. We still got SmackDown. And still got so, who cares? It's also it's Tony Khan's birthday on Tuesday. So that's okay. funny as well. Well, it's I, I'm, fun. It's fun. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's no. it's going to be fun. And, and you know, I think Tony's um, Tony's lineup makes sense too. You know, Title Tuesday. It's uh, they. They are not used to being on Tuesday. They need to have a bunch of bangers so people watch. Both companies are working their ass off and putting on a good show. What is the problem? I think it's great. I just think it's funny that people get mad about it. Yeah, oh, no, I agree. I agree. With you, with that also, the, the fact that Edge, you know, one of the main things he has to focus on when he joins the company is calming down people who are calling him a traitor. Yeah, that's that's something that I think is worth finish his career with, like you know, his friends. Well, I think that's something worth worth talking about, which is Edge had the 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 quasi farewell match in Toronto uh, against Sheamus, and WWE gave him a great farewell in the same way they did to Danielson and Moxley, like trying to do things quote the right way. They were still negotiating with Edge. They Wait, couldn't to come Moxley? to a... They did not give a good. They did not give a great farewell to Moxley. But what are you talking about? They did a pay per view. The farewell to Moxley he thing. Was that... He received five hundred dollars for that pay per view, and he was like jobbing before that to like in two seconds to like EC three and Lashley and shit. Okay, but on his not... last night, they gave him a an actual farewell as opposed to like, all right, you're going to go lose to uh, you know Tazawa in thirty seconds. It's more the fact that WWE or Edge wanted to kind of. He's like, "Look, I'm willing to stay. Here's the stuff I want to do." They didn't pull the trigger on it, and I'm bummed about that. Uh, like I said on the Patreon, because from a the stupid wrestling continuity world you live in, it's like in WWE world now. Edge doesn't exist because he's in AEW, so anything involving him historically has been wiped out. And it's it sucks for the, a lot of those guys, their legacies for a while, that they're just not going to exist in the same way Jericho or, or Danielson doesn't exist. In the same way years ago, Hogan and Nash and Hall didn't exist. And then they come back and then they get to be a part of video package again and get paid and whatever. I think everyone's happy for Adam Copeland because he got a great paycheck. He's getting creative freedom. He gets to work with Christian, who's his best friend. Um it's a it's a win for him, and it's a win for AEW in that they get a guy who's an incredible locker room presence who, to your point, Dan, knows how to fucking play this game. Well, I think that that's the biggest thing is that they, they are actually getting like a legitimate, you know, locker room leader, you know, with this guy. But um, if he really is coming every week and, and stuff like that, because I really, you know, besides like, you know, the time that he fucked Matt Hardy's girlfriend, I've really never heard a bad word about this kid guy right um i you know i i just laughed because uh scott was talking about like how it's tony's birthday and i just had like this vision of like 
Dan had a vision and then his his uh his thing cut off. Uh so we don't know he what that vision is. The vision. By the way, yeah. my guess is the vision was uh Tony's gonna make Edge give him like piggyback rides. Like put me on your shoulders <laughs> and like carry him around. Um, which is very possible. When you're when you're Tony Khan rich, you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, but I think the difference with Edge is Edge wanted to stay, WWE didn't do it. Tony, this fucking guy, I know it's his birthday and we want to be nice to him next week, but did you see what he said about the Jade situation, Scott? No, I don't think I did. So I mean, he, other, other than positive things, no. It was positive, but he talked about, he's like, we wanted Jade to stay. We, we offered her money. She came to us with a counteroffer. We went above her counteroffer, and she still told us oh, to yeah. basically fuck off and go to WWE. Like, never admit yeah. that. Don't I, admit that the yeah, girl I you plucked from obscurity and then put on national television and made a star, and then when she's like, I want this, you know, massive amount of money, and he goes, I'm going to give you even more money than what you want, and she's still like, you know what? I'm going to leave. Thanks. Not a great look for yeah, Tony Khan. Like, keep that one quiet. Yeah. A lot of contracts are coming up, too. People are saying Ricky Stark's contract is going to be up soon. Seems to make sense. I think he's tight with Cody. He's already been backstage with Cody, right, um, in WWE. So maybe even a Hobbs. Uh, I mean, I, I was happy to see him on Dynamite this Wednesday, but uh, – yeah, dude, we're going to see lots of people jumping around. They're saying Sheamus might go to AEW. Uh, again, I don't want to see certain people go to AEW and then it feel like a AWE show. But... Well, yeah. AEW would be so bad. That would be so bad. I, I think that's part of, the, part of the problem is, like, you're talking about all the younger guys wanting to go leave to go to WWE and all the old guys wanting to go to AEW means this is WWF versus WCW. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're 100% right about that. Now, the other thing is AEW uh, has so many young guys. They do seem to be the first to get the indie talent. And like we all said, it's just at the end of the day, WWE has more money, has more eyes on it. And so what we might see is people do great things in AEW become names worthy of big money and then go to WWE. And it's just something we're going to have to accept. Um, it doesn't mean one show is going to be better. You know, uh, both shows just have to work their asses off. And that's, that's exciting. I agree. I think we're in a nice, uh, like golden age. Even Foley said like, he hasn't been this excited about wrestling since the attitude era. So I think yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff all around. Uh, oh, and hold up. I mean, we mentioned it last week, but it's, it seems very obvious this week with that Seth Rollins promo on Raw, plus Edge is back, and now all of a sudden we just got to do business. I mean, Edge shows up in AEW with his, you know, with, with his Metalingus music, right? Rated our Superstar, which was once a WWE thing. I mean, CM Punk is going to be at Survivor Series. That's, in my opinion, a fact. So, yeah, it's just shit is going to get really fun between both companies. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a blast, and there is that competition. And like to your point, AEW signed all these indie guys because WWE was not interested in indie talent. They wanted to go get athletes that they can train from scratch, and some of those and have it's paid working off. out, man. NXT, these guys are getting good. Hey, look, I don't watch NXT, but every Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, like these little lights on 
Twitter of people posting moves that were cool. Sometimes it's moves I've never seen before. It's like really impressive shit. So they're doing something really awesome down there. I mean, the, the biggest success story I think that they have of that is Bianca Belair, who was a college athlete, was not a wrestler, and they've turned her into, you know, one of the top uh, women in wrestling. Even Tiffany Stratton, which she was able to do on NXT this week, I think in a couple of years, she's going to be fantastic. Um, but uh, we're going to talk uh, Dynamite right now. We're going to shift back to, to full-on AEW mode here. We're going to go quickly, Dynamite or Dud. Uh, hour one. Uh, opened year four with uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, since they were the guys who main event of the first show. Uh, they they get interrupted by Adam uh, Copeland to be like, hey, good news. Not Edge is here. And uh, it's a nice little tease. We get uh, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix for the international title. We get the Adam Cole video package the first time, but they had Scott's audio guy. Uh, we got Mike Lawrence's favorite wrestler of all time, Griff Garrison versus Wardlow in a very quick squash match. That was probably the best thing they've done with Wardlow in forever. Uh, a Don Callis and Takeshka promo where they talk about how Kyle Fletcher is going to be the replacement for the match. Uh, the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian took on the acclaimed in what felt like a uh, a dark match for Dark Elevation. Uh, a Tony Storm, <laughs> RJ City video package. The Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. video package a hangman Adam page video package. Holy crap. They're doing a lot of filler here. And then juice Robinson and the guns cutting a promo. And they got interrupted by MJF in full baby face mode uh, until he gets attacked by Jay white. They packed four hours of TV into 60 minutes. Uh, Dan, uh, what, what'd you think of hour one? Uh, I just want to say, I think my um, my phone service is about to get worse. So I just want to say thank you, everybody. Come see my show this weekend. I think it's an exciting time in wrestling to Scott's degree. I don't understand the tribalism. Like, October is notoriously October, September and October. That this like kind of dead period until uh, until until Survivor Series is the worst time in wrestling. And the fact that we're like excitedly talking about anything from both companies, you know, kudos to both companies. That's all I'll say. I'm going to, I'm going to leave things positive guys while I get off until then it's never goodbye. Love you. As Dan drives off a cliff. Uh, anyway, Scott, uh, what'd you think of, uh, our one of, uh, of dynamite? Okay. I, uh, Genuinely, for the most part, enjoyed hour one. At the video packages that you mentioned towards the end of the hour, I loved every single one of them. You were right. There was like three or four in a row, and I was crazy about them. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought those were fantastic. I, they opened the show with the, the three the three Canadians, Kenny making the little edge reference. That was fantastic. The opening match I was, I, I was in love with. One of my favorite things about AEW is you get to see matches like this, uh, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix. I liked the MJF uh, Bullet Club segment, even though I think it could have been a little shorter. And I resented the trios match. I thought it was so dumb and so bad. And I don't know why it was happening because I feel like they haven't had a fun type of momentum since reuniting and winning the title. And the truth was, you know, none of us really cared about them reuniting anyway. We thought Billy was going to retire or something, and we accepted it. And, yeah, yeah, we all, you know, crazy big pop. We were happy for them, and now they got these new titles. But you got 
forth and then this because again those titles are so cool and how they haven't figured it out yet is very frustrating i was baffled because when i heard that match i assumed all right someone's going to attack the acclaimed and we're going to get another big feud instead it was just like a rampage match it was just hey these guys are beating three nobodies you're you're right maybe if if there was any sense of of a storyline in this match um i would have i would have been more into it um and i i did like like, i like everything else in the first time i like the wardlow presentation just let him go out there beat somebody up and just Go like rebuild him like Goldberg again. You got to kind of start from scratch. Yeah, it with this did look guy. like he was. It did look like he was wearing a toupee, and he is a guy who, you know, you go, uh oh, WWE bound, and that's going to happen too. Where guys are going to come out, and you're going to start going, well, wait, should they be using him if his contract's up in a month? Oh, if I'm Wardlow, I'm on the first train to Stanford. Like. Yeah, there was a, yeah. there was an interview he was doing. It was on some radio show somewhere. I saw the clip of it where he was basically talking about like AEW is aware of like how I look, and then I bring in a female audience. He's an objectively handsome guy. He's got like a Tim Tebow look to him. He's someone that you could absolutely market in a mainstream way, and AEW has failed to really capitalize on that. And he's an he's an interesting person when he talks in general. He presents really well. Yeah. Uh, unlike, uh, I, I know you love Juice Robinson. I know you do. He's so, f- just, he's so goofy. I get that he's supposed to be goofy. Like, I'm I'm in on the joke and all that. Him and the guns, it's like, it, you're, it, if it was five minutes shorter, I would have been fine. I don't need to keep seeing a lot more of them. Uh, there, It's fine that MJF will get a good match with Jay White and just beat him and we'll be done. Uh, hour two. Well, what about his wife? Oh, what about his wife? Uh, Thomas, Tony, Stone, which I love it. And that was uh, hour one too, right? So her, her promo was hour one. Her match was hour two. I think what she's doing yeah, is incredible. Yeah. It's They made yeah. you care about someone in the AEW women's division, which I didn't think was possible. She's a fantastic <laughs> performer. It's a great It's a great gimmick. Again, the video package has knocked it out of the park. The Danielson crying uh, hangman just being like, what the fuck? Uh, and, uh, and yeah, the Tony storm stuff I thought was all really remarkable. The, the, you know, kudos to the AEW production team. They did a really, really nice job with those. The Adam Cole video package though, uh, sucked. Well, wait, 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 the Adam Cole, uh, wait, first time or the second time? Cause I, uh, I liked him getting a, a scooter. Him getting a scooter for 12 seconds was fine. It went on and on. And the thing is, sure. I don't I don't care about the kingdom. And I feel bad because I like my I like Maria. Maria was great to work with. I really I, I want her to be successful. It's like they were trying so hard to get over the whole like we have a stuffed giraffe and that's really funny. Or we have the frame picture. It was too many cutesy gags being piled in there for a guy who's supposed to be a top tier main event uh, competitor. It's I, as much as I liked what they did with MJF last week with him on the boat. This was this was just dragged, and it wasn't particularly inventive or funny. Yeah, I thought the talentless paint thing is that's a very fun moment for a crowd to be chanting, but too long. I think wrestling segments in general in the ring always go too long. It's um, it's just naturally kind of uncomfortable and feels like a play that you've been practicing all day. Yes, and so the quicker the better. <laughs> 
<laughs> I agree. Uh, speaking of quicker, the better. Hook and Orange Cassidy did a very quick uh, promo in the back. They, uh, Hook's eating chips. Renee does not want to eat chips. And Hook thinks uh, Orange Cassidy should have a title at some point. Uh, we get Jericho and Kenny Omega versus Kyle Fletcher and Kanoshke Takeshita. Uh, the the Don Callis commentary definitely telegraphed the finish, which was him constantly putting over how great Kyle Fletcher is, that when Kyle Fletcher lost, Don can be pissed which I think we predicted was going to be potentially the finish of the six man, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. After the match, and the match itself was totally fine. Uh, afterwards, Hobbs makes the surprise to attack Jericho and Kenny Omega. They, they duct tape Kenny Omega to the ropes and beat the crap out of him. Cool visual, great reintroduction of Hobbs again for like what feels like the fifth restart of Hobbs um, in his like six faction. But answer me this, Scott. They're like, oh, no, there's no elite here to go save Kenny Omega. We saw the Bucks earlier in the show, so we know they're there. And the show opened with Adam Copeland shaking their hands, meaning he's there, and nobody comes and makes the save, and they're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's a great point. I was more focused on uh, Don's inability to uh, use duct tape on, on arms. Yeah, that was pretty uh, bad. Yeah, I, I like the match. I actually, I thought the match went a little too long. Um, I get why it would go long if you're if you're Tony and you do book this match, and you got Kenny and Jericho in a tag match. You just go, hey, can y'all do thirty? Uh, but yeah, it went a little too long. Uh, I love that Hobbs is in this group. I, I do quickly have to shake off the fact that he was with QT not so long ago, and. Honestly, that was kind of working, and then they just abandoned it immediately uh, because I guess QT became a legend in Mexico, so he has he's like Elvis in Mexico. So he's the biggest thing there since Conan, and he deserves more success than Conan. So we love you, QT. Yeah, I, I, I think he has next to El Chapo now. I hope so. Um, you know, his that'll keep his that'll make his wife happy. She could use the money. Um, <laughs> there's an MJF video packet or, or a segment in the back where he's in the trainer's room and they do the bit with the acclaimed because they're playing off that Max uh, Caster always tweets about MJF. Uh, and then Max goes to call Adam Cole and it goes to voicemail. This was kind of lame. Didn't didn't love that. Uh, there's a fantastic Samoa Joe video package where he's talking about the difference between being hungry or satisfied. And he's he's got a cut cigar. The thing that bothered me, though, is he's supposed to be holding a glass of scotch and it's clearly iced tea. And it just <laughs> visually looked really, really stupid. Uh, but love to do oh, something with Samoa Joe. Um, Sky Blue versus Tony Storm. Yeah, this was Tony using her character in a match. It's still Sky Blue, who's not good. But at least it was, you know, Tony's character. Stokely was back on TV. He's now the, the part of the Ring of Honor board of directors for some reason. Uh, and then your main event, which went eight minutes over time to Scott's point of these feel like plays. Uh, Adam Copeland's in the ring with Tony Schiavone. He calls out Christian to talk about like, hey, uh, you you and I loved Sting as kids. Like you were Sting. I was Lex Luger. Uh I came out there at the end of that pay-per-view to stop you from doing something to our idol. And I came back to AEW because I think we need to be a team. And then Christian hugs edge and you get this <laughs> dramatic moment where Christian says something. And we don't know. Cause it gets cut out because it's censorship. Uh, they posted the clip online that he told edge to go fuck himself, um, which 
was cool, except if you're watching it on TV, you completely lose that any any dramatic part of that moment because of the censorship. Uh, what'd you think of hour two, Scott? Um, like I said, I liked the Omega tag match. I did think it went a little too long. I liked Tony Storm's performance. I think we got a star, which is exciting. And I, I did like the Edge interview at the end. I liked how they they kind of managed the the show where, you know, it did end on an in-ring segment. Um, what you thought might be the main event match started at 10 o'clock. I like all those things because AEW does stick to such a formula in terms of where they drop things that even a little mix-up feels fresh. Uh, and I love to go fuck yourself. Uh, you are right about the bleeping, obviously. But just so fun and funny. And what, what I noticed, uh, you know, Tony tweeted afterwards and I go, oh, this makes a little sense. And he'd be in another direction where, you know, this rated R, um, you know, telling Edge to go fuck himself the way that I forget how Tony worded the tweet. But it's like, you know, welcome to the rated R era. And now we got guys saying fuck. Uh, pretty funny, pretty interesting. I don't know where where you go from that word. But uh, ladies, you yeah, know, pick up the ball. Now I want to see the women cursing. That's it's not do the women have the same amount of matches as men or representation? It's, are they using big kid curses too? So let's get to it. That's uh, that's what we tune in for, guys. We tune in for the profanity. We got it all over Wrestle Dream. We got it to end uh, end dynamite. Um, real quick before we get to high low, we're going to do a quick uh, fast lane predictions. For the uh, pay-per-view that is this Saturday. Uh, are you going to watch the show on Saturday, Scott? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably watch it Sunday. I'm I'm going out Saturday night, so I will not be uh, watching the pay-per-view live. But uh, for a throwaway show, it's got a totally fine card that's kind of fairly well built. Uh, there's the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso for the tag titles. What do you got there, Scott? We may have lost Scott. Yes, we did. Scott uh, Scott dropped off there again. Uh, I think for Judgment Day versus Cody and Jay, uh, they're not going to change the tag titles. It makes no sense to put it onto a thrown-together tag team. I'm sure there'll be a little bit more intrigue coming off of SmackDown, but the fact that you have Jay Uso uh, and Jimmy in the same building, there's always possibility for some kind of shenanigans. I'm sure they'll find a way for Judgment Day to keep the uh, – Keep the tag titles. Uh, next up, the LWO, uh, Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and Joaquin Wild uh, versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. There's no reason for Lashley and the Street Profits to lose this one, especially because Joaquin Wild uh, is a dude that you can beat all day, every day, and nobody's going to really lose any sleep over it. Scott, do you disagree? Scott is still uh, audio-free here. Love it. Fantastic. Uh, we got EO Sky in a triple threat match against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. There's no reason to take the title off of EO at this point. They they literally just put it on her a little while ago. I think the ultimate draw is going to be Bailey's jealousy leading to her, uh, her ultimately turning on EO and going after the belt herself. Sorry, not the belt, the title. 
all the audio issues got me slip the tongue. I apologize, Vince. Nick Khan, please let's make sure the check comes on time this week. Uh, we got John Cena and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Uh, John Cena didn't show up to this pay-per-view to job, even though that is what he has done a lot of late. Uh, it's going to be Cena and LA Knight winning, Jimmy disappointing the bloodline, and then we get a reckoning with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Uh, and then in the main event, Seth freaking Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, last man standing. Seth's not losing the title to Nakamura, even though it's possible. But the draw here is that Seth has been so beaten up by a last man standing match and his potentially broken back that will Damian Priest cash in? Um, honestly, maybe. Uh, Dan said earlier, this is that time of year where it's kind of a big bowl. Who cares? Uh, maybe this is where we get a uh, uh, a new champion in Priest. And then maybe Cody has somebody to go after. Scott, you're back again. Do you have any, any thoughts on Fastlane or are you just happy to be here? No, look, I think that sounds like a great match. Um, I think Seth is a guy who watches all wrestling. And I think he he is tuned in to the week of wrestling. And he goes, I will try to top whatever the best thing was this week. And he's capable of doing it, this type of match. Uh, you know, we can see that happen. It's a fun storytelling match with his back. And, and, and Shinsuke's the shit when he wants to be. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this one. All right. Uh, let's do high spot, low spot, and then we'll wrap this up. What's your high spot, low spot of the week there, Scott? Oh, high spot is is honestly, you know, finding out about all these contracts, um, ending, people wanting to go other places, people having options. I think it's obvious that Mercedes Monet is going to be in AEW as soon as she is healed up. Uh, I think it's obvious that CM Punk is going to be at Survivor Series, if not, uh, you know, there sooner. So I think a lot of really cool shit is about to happen. Definitely my high spot, because like Dan said, it's going to make what is usually a boring time in wrestling uh, very, very fun and entertaining and unpredictable. Uh, my low spot is going to be the audio issues with TBS and uh, the issues with the DVR settings, because I had an issue with it. It really bothered me. And it seems to be a continuous issue and an issue that, I mean, it's it's not even in AEW's control. And, you know, they fuck up enough as it is. So you got two things uh, really shitting the bed. And, and, and I, I don't know how you even fix that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You shouldn't I'm have sure... to replay something twice. I mean, that was like really cringe well, that they had to replay is... something twice. <laughs> So part of that is the immaturity of AEW in the sense that, again, with WWE, there was always people, there was always someone watching the live feed. You were like, so there was literally someone doing QC, uh, quality control of the show, watching it at the studio, making sure that the feed on USA Network was clean. So if there was an issue, you call somebody in master control and say, hey, there's an audio issue. Let's step in there. Let's stop this rather than playing it all the way through, because then it just looks like there's nobody driving the, nobody's driving the bus. Um, my high spot, low spots. So both from raw, both from the same segment, both from the same match. Um, the, my high spot, Tommaso Ciampa and, uh, Gunther in the main event for the intercontinental title, they put on a great match. The finish of the match, uh, was strong with Gunther choking out Ciampa. It was just a cool visual. Uh, and then the post-match Johnny Gargano coming down and then reuniting team DIY, since that was something that both of those guys have wanted 
for months and months, and certain people, Vince McMahon, was blocking it every time they kept trying to do it. So I'm glad those guys got that moment. My low spot during the match, for whatever reason, a large portion of the crowd started holding up their iPhones and turning on the flashlights, which they said was, oh, this was a tribute to Bray Wyatt. I understand the idea of wanting to do a tribute to Bray Wyatt. I think it's a beautiful thing to think that you want to do it. Uh, I, I Bray is awesome. We, we talked about uh, Bray on here. Just a good dude, good character. Completely understand that piece of it. Number one, doing it in the main event of an unrelated match, unrelated segment, nothing to do with Bray Wyatt makes it seem like you're not at all paying attention to what's going on in the match and it buries the performers. Uh, it looks stupid on television with the flashlight shining because it makes it hard to watch the screen. When the lights are out, it looks cool. When the lights are on and there's those flashlights shining, it's terrible. And I really hope this isn't a thing that continues going forward. And it did not feel like a tribute to Bray Wyatt. It felt like the new version of here's a beach ball that we're going to bounce around the crowd. Oh, dang. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that yeah. is a, uh, that's sad. That was annoying. But uh, what was not annoying was getting to talk to you guys today. Apologize, you know, Scott's audio issues. These things happen. Dan, driving through Rhode Island, which let's be honest, none of us here remember as a state. But if you are near the beautiful state of Rhode Island, uh, make sure to check Dan out at the Rhode Island Comedy Festival. Uh, Mike Lawrence, uh, who was unable to join today, but wanted to make known that he absolutely loved the Tony Storm segment. Uh, is on tour with Pete Davidson, who I don't know if you saw this, Scott. Uh, this just got texted to me by my wife. But Pete Davidson is hosting the SNL opener October 14th. So, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's very exciting. Uh, I know uh, Mike will be happy about that. Scott, uh, do you have any other podcasts uh, that you want to plug? Oh, yeah. I got a podcast called Out for Smokes. New episodes drop every Friday, just like this one. Uh, so check that out and subscribe to that Patreon and this Patreon five dollar tier and yeah, Scott was saying to promote the five dollar tier and all that other stuff, and then he he garbled out again. Uh, we'll we'll get it all sorted out, but uh, you know what? On behalf of everybody here, Dan, Mike, Scott, Zach, Logan, all of us here at WrestleRoast, best of luck in your future endeavors. And Scott, if your iPhone doesn't crap out, what's the last thing you want to say? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Thank you all.